The biggest one-day sell-off in the Chinese stock market since 2007 highlights the weakening of China's economy. How would an economically weaker China affect its cyber espionage? has targeted American government computers, such as the breach of the Office of Personnel Management Systems, exposing the personal information of some 22 million individuals, as well as the IT of U.S. companies, which the U.S. Justice Department contends has resulted with China pilfering corporate secrets. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I caught up with Martin Lebicki. He's Senior Management Scientist at the think tank, the RAND Corporation, where he researches the impact on IT, on domestic and national security. Ah, yes, Lebicki whether the economic turmoil in China will change the behavior of the Chinese government or the People's Liberation Army in cyber espionage. I just want to make three points with regard to what we've seen so far. First, the amount of correction we have seen just takes the stock market in China back to where it was at the end of last year. There was a huge run-up in 2015, and it's now run down. So we're not exactly looking at a collapse of the stock markets in China, more of a correction from a considerable amount of exuberance. The second point is that even if China were to experience a recession as a result of the stock market rundown, it's not clear whether that would increase or decrease the amount of money being spent on cyber espionage. It may decrease it if you think the fact that China is going to have fewer tax receipts is important. It may also increase it to the extent that the Chinese believe they may have to spend a lot more money to re-stimulate their economy. It's really difficult to predict a priori what impact that's going to have on the resources they can put to cyber espionage. And the third point I'd like to make is that actions of the government, particularly actions of the national security part of the government, really work on their own logic, almost autonomous. Fluctuations in economic behavior don't necessarily lead to corresponding changes in the behavior of national security organs. My sense, and it's not supported on a great deal of evidence, is that the Chinese are starting to turn a little bit away from cyber espionage against industrial corporations and back to more traditional cyber espionage. All we know is not what the Chinese do, it's what the Chinese get caught at doing. And the OPM hack may have just been a one-off news item, or it may be indicative of the fact that China is sort of returning cyber espionage to its uh, national security roots. Which raises the question, at least in my mind, was that were the indictments last year of the People's Liberation Army's officers for hacking into businesses, perhaps that did have some kind of impact on uh, the Chinese government or the PLA and the way they think about it? You know, you can't rule that sort of thing out entirely, but I haven't seen anything of it yet. One of the things I want to point out about this indictment, which generally does not get a great deal of press, is that the Department of Justice did us the favor of actually listing what did they thought the Chinese took from the corporations. And if you look at the list carefully, almost all of it is what I would call business proprietary data. How companies think, what their cost structure is, what their plans are, both legal and business, and so on and so forth. Very little of it was traditional, or what we think is traditional, theft of intellectual property. Now, you can think there were a number of reasons for that, not least of which the Department of Justice didn't want to list those. But if you take their list at full value, it would suggest that the Chinese interest in stealing intellectual property may be a lot lower than we thought because the Chinese ability to leverage intellectual property is also lower than we thought, compared to which the impact of the actual indictments may be very difficult to discern. You said earlier that you think maybe they're going to concentrate more on traditional espionage than corporate espionage. Are there other reasons why you feel that may be the case? I think a lot of times when you start operating in a new field and you don't know what you're going to get, you say, well, let's try a lot of things and, and this is what we'll come back with. And it's my sense that the returns to cyber espionage 
weren't as attractive as they initially thought. This is sort of a cookbook issue here, right? A cookbook issue? Yeah, a cookbook issue. Look, uh, my guess is I know I'm not a good, as good a cook as Julia Child, and my hunch is that most Americans aren't either, right? Even though Julia Child has done us the favor of publishing The Art of French Cooking. But the fact is, merely being in possession of the book without having a lot of intuitive cooking skills doesn't do you a great deal of good. That you don't become Julia Child simply by owning the cookbook. You become Julia Child by having Julia Child's talents. And it's the same way is true about manufacturing. You don't become a competitive manufacturer simply by having blueprints without having all the tacit knowledge required to turn a blueprint into reality. And that tacit knowledge isn't always found in books. It's found in face-to-face -face contact. It's founded in practice and experience. It's founded in being able to deal with a discerning customer. There are a lot of intangibles required to be successful in manufacturing. And these intangibles are much harder to steal. Assuming that the Chinese economy is weakened, how would that have an impact, if any, on how the United States and China and maybe other countries would negotiate cybersecurity pacts? Well, the history of the U.S. and China negotiating cybersecurity pacts does not necessarily fill one with optimism. I could imagine a scenario under which China's economy is weak, and they think that it would be more helpful for them to be on better terms with the United States. And as a result of which, they may want to try to second-guess their cyber espionage, or they may be willing to trade something for some sort of promise to do less cyber espionage. The problem is that it takes two. If the U.S. position is that your cyber espionage is bad and you should just cut it out, and this isn't something that we negotiate, it's just something you should do or specifically do less of, then there isn't really much room for negotiation there. I don't think it is U.S. position, a position that they can try to buy concessions from the Chinese in terms of not doing as much cyber espionage or not doing as much cyber espionage against sensitive targets as the Chinese now do. Simply not much at all will come out of this. Right. It would take two changes. The Chinese would have to have a heightened appreciation of being on good terms with the United States, and the United States would have to find a way to codify what may be temporary desire for better relations into a pact that serves U.S. interests. And neither of those two are terribly likely. That's Martin Lebicki of the RAND Corporation. I'm Eric Chabro, Information Security Media Group.